1992, gang. It's a whole new year. You ready for a new thing? Good. I am too. I'm so excited about this year. This year, um, the stated purpose in our journey towards spiritual maturity is to discover our purpose for life. The purpose that God gave us. My goal is to have every person who searches for that calling, who will call for that calling, to know exactly why he or she was made. Why God made you and put you down here on this earth. I'd like for all of you who want to know that and who will pay the price, and I'm going to tell you about the price in just a minute, to know by the end of this year exactly why they're down here. Now, let me read to you uh, about one of my favorite characters in all the Bible. Jesus and Peter, uh, both of them, of course Jesus is my favorite, but starting with verse 22, and immediately he, that is Jesus, made made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away, and after he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. And the boat was already many steady away from land, battered by waves, for the wind was contrary. Big storm. And in the fourth watch of the night, this is between 3 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock in the morning, darkest hour of the night, the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now, there are three references in this scripture to Jesus being God that you would not ordinarily um, 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 pick up in the scripture if you're just reading it casually. Let me let me show them to you. This is the first reference. <clears throat> that he came to them in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the storm, moving over the sea. If you will remember the first time God has identified in scripture what he is doing. In Genesis chapter 1, look at it, the first two verses. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, that is the waters, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the deep. So the first time God has ever seen in the Bible, what's he doing? He's coming in the midst of chaos, in the darkness of chaos, moving over the waters. That's exactly what Jesus is doing in this scripture reading. Secondly, and then, and then let's go on from there. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were frightened, saying, It is a ghost. The Greek word is the word from which we get the word phantom. And they cried out for fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now this is the second reference to which God, to which uh, Jesus alludes to him or takes up the image of God, uh, the Father, in, uh, in saying that because this translation could also be translated, take courage, I am. And you remember how God identifies himself to Moses. Who shall I say sent me? Say, I am sent you. That's my name. I am. I just am. Uh, also in several places in John, you know, there's a reference. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. See? So that's another place where Jesus identifies himself as God. All right? And Peter answered him and said, I love this guy. I love this guy. Lord, if it is you, you know, wants to test it, wants some evidence. 
Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. See, he wants to do a miracle too. He wants that, he wants that same thing. No boundaries on this guy. And Jesus said, and he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, isn't that an interesting phrase? can't see the wind, can you? But seeing the wind, we'll talk about that in a minute, he became afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, the Greek word here is distadzo, and it's a different Greek word than, than uh, like diakrino, which means... Uh, a, a doubt that kind of keeps going back and forth, you know, being double-minded, uh, um, the doubt that where you fight against yourself. This is more just a wavering kind of a distraction. In other words, he's saying, why did you just kind of lose your concentration and go off and, and, and not keep focus on me in the midst of all this chaos? Why did you just kind of zone out? That's, you know how most Christians are lost? Just because they kind of zone out. They don't, don't mean to be. They just kind of lose their concentration and they go off, see? Good word. And when they stopped, and when they, I'm sorry, and when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are, look at that word, certainly God's son. That's the third reference, by the way. Jesus permitted worship to himself. The third reference to him being God. Sunday, This Sunday, all I want to do is just give a call. Give a call that's a challenge. Because I want to ask you a question, and I don't want you to answer this very fast. I want you to think about this. Are you wanting more to discover the purpose for which God put you in this world? Or are you more wanting a religion that will be a security system for you? A very, very important question. It's important because there is only one path to certainty. And that path, paradoxically, is risk. There is only one path to certainty. And that path is risk. you got to get out of the boat. you got to get out of the boat. Now, our religion tends to go along our psychological needs, and we have psychological needs for security. And so for many of us, when we came to Christ, we laid it all down and said, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And we started out of the boat. But then we have since built our faith into a system of security. To where we are now saying, God, if I act right, will you not cause trouble in my life? I mean, will you protect me from every bad thing that's coming down the line? As a matter of fact, we imagine bad things coming down the line. We are afraid and anxious about what might happen. And that's what we pray about. In other words, we're looking at the wind. There's nothing that's even happened yet. We're looking at something that's not there. Let me ask you a question. When you were little and you got scared and you went to bed, did you ever 
hide under the covers? I remember watching monster movies, going in my room and hiding under the covers. I was sure that there was something under the bed, positive that there was something in the closet, and so I was under the covers. Now, let me just ask you as an adult, what is more stupid than hiding under the covers? I mean, what's he not going to notice a lump in the middle of the bed? I mean, is he really, I mean, is that, a monster's really that dumb? Or does that, does that, Blanket have some magical protection? No, 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 no. But I'd sit under there, you know, and I'd, I'd just open up a little crack because it's so hot under there. You know, you sweat like crazy. So you open up this little crack and you get some fresh air. <laughs> oh, it just feels so good. But get under, get out from underneath that. No way, man. Get eaten. We start from the time we are little looking at the wind. But he saw the wind. And so we make our faith this blanket that really doesn't protect us from anything. It just provides us with a psychological illusion of being protected. You know why? Because security is a false god. There is no security in this world. You're going to have storms in life whether or not you're in or out of the boat. The other people in the boat were still having a storm in life, weren't they? They're going through the same storm. And so, it just is a matter of whether or not you're willing to get out of the boat. It's a matter of whether or not you're willing to say, God, I want some evidence that you're God. If you're really God, let's try this thing out. If you're really God, I want to come walking to you. If you're really God, you call me and I'll get out of this boat. Because I want to try this thing out. The only path to certainty is risk. And you know what? I believe that there's something specific in your life that God wants you to be called to. And I believe that you need to call out to Him and say, if you haven't discovered it already, maybe some of you have, you need to call out and say, God, if you're really God, if you're really there, you call me. And I'll get out. And I'll risk my life. And I'll do whatever it takes to come to you. Wait, stop and think about this for a minute. What do you want at the end of your life to look back and see? Do you want for it to say on your tombstone, well, they had a relatively stress-free life. They coped well. You know? Is that what you want? I don't, that's not what I want for my life. I want something in my life that I am literally willing to die for. Literally willing to die for every day. You know why? Because I'm dying every day anyhow. And so are you. You're giving every day a day of your life away. The question is then whether or not you want to squander it on little emergencies and on looking at the storm. Or whether or not you want to use those days for a purpose. For accumulated value in answering what God called you here to do. Now, I went to a, when we were away on vacation, I went to a worship service, lasted two and a half hours. I don't ever want you to complain that our services last too long. Well, you wouldn't hear because we get done in an hour, but two and a half hours. But it was great, you know. And a preacher got up and he said, what I'd like to preach on this morning is why were you made? 
I thought, holy cow, this is great. I'm going to be preaching all on, all the, man, I got out the notes and everything. Now, his conclusion was, you were made in order to know God. Now, that's not bad, is it? You were made to know God. Because the Bible clearly says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. We might know God, see? That's a good, that's a good thing. I've heard, and you have too, the purpose of life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Well, that's good too, and that's true too. But let me ask you this question. If that's our only purpose, why are we down here? Couldn't we do that same thing as angels? Couldn't we do that same thing if God would just made, you know, three times the host of heaven that he already has, and we could just stay up there and praise him and know him and glorify him and enjoy him forever? Why did he put us down here? The answer is because he has a purpose for us in this world. This isn't an accident. He didn't say, oops, part of me got away and it landed on earth. You know? This is no accident. God has a purpose for you in this world. And it's more than just the general thing that all of us have. Of course all of us are to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But it's more specific than that. It's more individual than that. So therefore, the only question is, do you want it enough to call out for it? Do you want it enough to say, God, I want to test this thing out? Now, the price to pay is not only risk, but it is your whole life. The price to pay for your purpose of life is your life. Because I want you to know that as you are discovering this, the only way to discover it is by experiment. And experiment brings randomness into your life. Of course, you're going to have randomness anyhow. So it just, again, is a matter of whether or not you're going toward a purpose. But in all of that, I want you to know that surprise that you will have is not equal to disorder. God allows surprises, but not disorder in his world. God is very orderly in the way he develops his purposes. And what seems to us like surprise has already been thought out. It would seem like, and in the other services we're going to be, even have a couple of other surprises, it would seem like you wouldn't put a, a, a theme from cats into a worship service because it has nothing specifically to do with what we're doing. But yet, there was a purpose to that. We knew that was coming. Because there's a line in there that says exactly what we're trying to say. And the line is, I must find a new life and I mustn't give in. It's exactly what we're trying to say. That's exactly what we're heading for. So we said, let's do something out of the ordinary and bring this in. And in this church, you will find much out of the ordinary, hopefully, from time to time. And it, and it may look like chaos, but I want you to know it's been thought out. Your life may look like chaos, but I want you to know it's been thought out. Not by you, but by God. How many people have you ever heard their testimony that they get up and said, I went through this and this and this and this and my life didn't make any sense until I came to grips with what God was trying to do in my life and then it all fell into place. It all makes sense. God did everything for a purpose. That's exactly what we're going for only we're going to know the purpose as we go along. 
instead of in retrospect. Wouldn't that be helpful? Wouldn't that be nice? So that we can cooperate with the purpose. The randomness of this world is not the randomness that results. There is not randomness that results. Let me let me tell you about something. Well, I'll just I'll tell you this, and then I'll, then I'll just give you some encouragement, and we'll come to the water. Um, do you know how God has created the fabric of this universe for order out of what looks like chaos? Let me give you an example of what happens on a molecular level. I'm reading this great book um, uh, called uh, Engines of Creation, the, the Coming Technology of Na- Nanotechnology. It is, it is, and this is written by professors at, uh, at Stanford, MIT. This is not science fiction stuff. This is stuff they're doing right now. Nanotechnology is, is building reality by the combination of atoms. That's how small, nano meaning a thousand. Uh, that's how small they're, they're thinking about creating robots. They're developing the technology, robots at a subcellular level. Robots that can go around in your body and heal your body from the inside. Heal heart disease, heal cancer, so on and so forth from the inside. Well, anyhow, reading this book. And it, the guy brings to, to bear the fact that order comes out of chaos. He said, if you will take a molecule, it can be a, any old molecule, and you flood that with other molecules beating it. That is, there are other molecules in the air, and you cool the air. And so that slows the molecules down, and the other molecules are hitting this molecule. What you think would happen is that you would have some sort of end result that you'd have this huge combination of molecules that would look all lumpy and, and disorderly and so on and so forth. He said, that's not what happens at all. He said, what happens is that, yes, molecules hit that one molecule by random and they stick. But the molecules that don't fit into a pattern get knocked off by other molecules that do. And what happens is that by the time you end up with the structure, you have formed a perfect crystal... This He's talking about crystal, uh, crystalline structures here. Formed a perfect structure. More perfect than a checkerboard. More complicated than a checkerboard. Because the parts that fit knocked the parts that didn't fit off. God does the same thing with your life. I know it all comes at random. I know it all looks like a surprise. You let it come. Because the parts that don't fit are going to get knocked off. And God will perform in your life what is a perfect pattern. The thing you've got to decide what to do is whether or not to cooperate with that, whether or not to enjoy that, whether or not to live that out in the most productive way possible. Am I going to pay attention to the wind and try to stop the surprises from happening, or am I going to go ahead and make progress according to the purpose that I discover God has made me for? That is the question for you. And it is a big one. It takes tremendous courage and tremendous perseverance to seek God and to say, God, call me and I'll come. I want you to know that I will lay my life on the line for the rest of my life 
But I want to know why I'm here. I want to know why I'm here. You call me, I'll come. Would you pray with me? God, many of us desire more than anything else to hear our call in this life. Some of us don't. Some of us aren't ready. We understand. But some of us are ready to trade in anything to know why we were made. So that life will not seem to be random and non-profitable non anymore. So we do ask you to call us and to, to make us aware of your calling. And those of us who have heard, who have yearned for that call, will get out of the boat. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.